0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three, episode 10 of the big at the back podcast. After a chaotic and nightmarish game week for many, we are both still alive. We're both still here. Matt, how are you?
1: Not bad. Not bad at all. It's good to have Premier League football back. Despite the weirdness that was this weekend, uh, it is good to have it back. In fact, that makes it even better. Um, But how are you, Tom? How is the other side of the Atlantic.
0: Yeah, I mean, the time difference took a day or so to really get used to, but I think, I think I've think i managed. I think I'm coping okay. Uh, managed to get a full night's sleep last night. was up at seven this morning, and I thought, you know what, I've nailed it. The trick is to get as drunk as you can on one of the nights so that will keep you awake till 11 o'clock, and then you just go straight to sleep.
1: I like it. It's a solid plan. And in mm. fact, that should just be the standard regardless of whether you're traveling or not
0: yeah i agree um it was a kind of thing on the plane i was sitting next to someone and it was their birthday so we were getting two of the little mini bottles of spirits like, every time they come around and they give you the mini bottle of spirit and only a mini bottle of mixer as well so like the proportions are really out of whack and out of sync So I ended up just getting very drunk on the plane, popping some sleeping tablets, sleeping for half of it. Yeah, it's been a great trip so far.
1: (laughs) Sounds like an absolute wild ride. Uh, (laughs) But weren't you also uh, kept company by loads of Spurs and West Ham fans on your journey to the airport?
0: Yeah, that wasn't so fun. Uh, Whoever thought 3pm kickoff for both Spurs and West Ham on a Saturday combined. On the one Saturday when I'm trying to get the train into London from Wickford and Essex, Just a really, really terrible idea. Screw you. Carnage. Yeah, absolute carnage. But we're here. I did manage to catch some of the football, so I do have at least some idea of what we're talking about today. Um, But let's dive into FPL and how we're doing. So why don't you talk me through what your week has been like on this tumultuous week?
1: Yes. Um, So, as things stand, and this is Bifinal Game of the Week on Monday night, uh, the average is currently 40 and I'm on 42, but I do have uh, seven juicy points to come off the bench uh, with Ben White as my first sub at the moment, thanks to Estupinion not getting any minutes. Um, But it happened again, Tom. I picked the wrong keeper.
0: Talk us through your wrong keeper decision.
1: So again this week i went with pickford just because if ever it was going to happen it would be against arsenal With their record against arsenal uh, at home in recent years has actually been quite good uh, and ariola obviously playing against a rampant city side but ariola actually had a very good game and made quite a lot of saves um, it wasn't too bad though ariola got four pickford got three i'm not going to lose much sleep over that one point loss um Saliba, my only defender currently on the pitch with any points with six because Chilwell... We were in the pub yesterday after football when the team news came out and as the game started and we said he's going to come on for like 20 minutes and get a yellow card. And lo and behold, we were absolutely spot on. Um, midfield, a lot of not much really. Rashford and Baimo Diaz and Madison with ones and twos. Uh, Saka was the only one to return in the midfield with six. And then Alvarez and Haaland up front. So, yeah, a fairly meagre week, but uh, it is above average as things stand because it's not been a great week.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think at the moment it's probably a good score, especially with that seven points coming off the bench you've got for Ben White coming in. Um, I've had a reasonably good week. So I've still got Turner to play, uh, which... Hopefully he does, because Johnson's on my bench with one point. But Turner with Burnley at home, I'm feeling pretty good about. Uh, Saliba, like you, at the back. And then I've got it surrounded by Chilwell and a stupid young, But I've got Emerson Royale coming in for one point. Um, that just needs to change. But across, my, across my midfield is uh, looking pretty good. So I rage-transferred out Richarlison. And obviously, then he's going to get loads of points. It was always going to happen. Fine. I'll take it. But I brought in Diaby, who got an assist, so he got five, Saka got six, Mo Salah with 10 points, having returned in his last 11 games in the Premier League, so we need to talk about him a little bit more. And then Alvarez and Haaland up front. I will tell you what, the choice to go Alvarez instead of Jackson has been such a positive swing for me on FPL this season, because I was 50-50 over them, I just decided... Alvarez is a much better player and a much better team. He's probably the second string, but I've just got to take the leap and go for it. And I don't want to go heavy on Chelsea. And that has turned out super well for me so far.
1: Yeah, I feel I mean Jackson hit the post yesterday, so he was a little bit unlucky. Um, but yeah, it it just feels like an absolute no-brainer now, doesn't it? I know hindsight is 2020 and it would have been a difficult decision to make earlier in the season but i think if you're if they, if anyone was even thinking about that going over for jackson over alvarez right now you'd probably put a bullet in their head
0: yeah so shall we dive in to talk about chelsea then because i've got sterling i think you do as well and we've both got Chilwell. um so what do we do with our chelsea assets right now because their next few games are aston villa at home Fulham away and burnley away but then it's a run of Arsenal, Brentford, Tottenham and Man City. So the fixtures a few weeks ago, having been very good for Chelsea, just suddenly do turn quite massively. So what's your thinking with your Chelsea assets at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously Villa is a tricky game. Fulham and Burnley, you'd argue, are better games, but they're both away from home. And Chelsea just uh, they just seem poor at the moment, don't they? I mean, even though they they kept a clean sheet, no one had anyone that was actually worthwhile. Um, so unless people have still got Gusto, I guess, um, which uh, with James sort of coming back from injury as well, it's only a matter of time before he, Gusto's relegated to the bench again. So and like you say, from sort of game week, sort of nine onwards, they get really tough. So I think it's time to sell. Um, the attacking assets obviously aren't producing at all. And the defensive ones are just not reliable enough whether it's injuries, rotation, or just not keeping clean sheets. Uh so yeah, I think it's time to sell.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even though the next three games aren't bad, Villa at home is not easy. Fulham away, West London Derby, probably not nearly as easy as the green that looks. Uh especially now they've got Paulinho back, they're in full swing mode. And then Burnley away, fair enough, but we haven't seen enough of Burnley to necessarily judge it. So yeah, for me, Chelsea are a bit of a sell right now. I, I'm i not sure what to do with Chilwell, and we'll come to that in a little bit. But Sterling, for me, I feel like I can just say, yep, i got it wrong, let's move off it quickly instead of trying to double down on it.
1: Yeah, the good news, we haven't got any Chelsea assets in our joint team. Um, so we haven't got to worry about that one. We are, just to sort of give us a full circle of all of our teams, um, we're currently on 43 with our joint team uh with Turner still to play that tonight. Um and two points to come off the bench. Uh Marvellous Nakamba coming in for two points uh over a stupignon. Um but other than that, I mean, yeah, again, not much of, of anything really. Salah with the ten, Haaland with twelve as the captain, Saka with six, Saliba with six. So yeah, a bit a bit average. But I think we'll take average at the moment.
0: Yeah, with the way this week's gone, I'm seeing lots of people posting scores with 20, 28, 30, that kind of bracket. So 43 on average feels pretty good. Um, I think, yeah, Chelsea assets come back to them. If you've got Nicholas Jackson, I think at this point you're selling for Alvarez. And I know there's Champions League midweek, but... Jackson's going to take a couple of price drops as everyone gets sick and moves off him. Alvarez is going to keep rising as everyone moves on him from Jackson. I think with Jackson to Alvarez, if you're planning to make that move, it's worth considering the risk of moving early.
1: It's a tough one, isn't it? I I see the logic behind it. But unless you're desperate with money and you're worried about the because uh, Alvarez is probably going to rise and Jackson's probably going to fall but if you can get away with holding off I would because Champions League it's always just a worry when European footballs back.
0: Mm. Yeah very much so. It depends on your squad as well. If you can tolerate Alvarez maybe not playing then you should go early to avoid the price changes. If you can't and your squad is looking thin then I would hold off and wait regardless. What about Sterling? Because in my mind, I'm looking to sell Sterling just because those midfield slots are so premium at the moment. What's your perspective on Raheem
1: right now? He, he's he got to go. I think the fixtures, like we say, aren't the best. And even like you'd have put Bournemouth away as comparable to or, a, a better fixture than Villa and a comparable fixture to... Uh, Fulham and Burnley which they're following to and they he didn't really create anything he had one chance where he slashed it completely wide basically or I think he even went off for a throw in um so I think that says it all at the moment he obviously had a good game um pr- like two games before the international break but since then it's yeah there's just Nothing to convince me that he's worth keeping. And like you say, those midfield slots are at a premium and there are much better options out there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment and also very correct. So yeah, I will be taking a hit to move Sterling out this week is my plan at the moment. Um, Another team that we need to chat about is Manchester United um, because they are in a world of hurt. Aaron Wan-Bissaka's injured now as well, so that's three of their first choice back, four out injured. I think they're just a bit of a nightmare. So a lot of people will have Rashford, a lot of people will have Bruno. What are you doing with these guys? Because they're eating up so much budget on your teams right now. Where, Where are you going with them?
1: So yeah, I've got Rashford and I don't see myself getting rid of him at the moment especially not when I'm probably going to be wildcarding within the next few weeks. Um, next three of the next four are very good fixtures with Burnley away, Palace at home and Sheffield United away. Uh, the only sort of trickier fixture in there is Brentford uh, in three weeks time. So I don't see a need for me to sell him yet. I think if you've got any United defenders, they're more than capable of being gotten rid of. Um, but, Attacking wise, I'd I'd hold on any. I say any, Rashford or Brutino, I, I would probably hold on to. Um, but I don't see well, you probably haven't got anyone else, have you, let's be honest.
0: No, I wouldn't imagine so. I think uh Hoyland is an interesting one, had a goal ruled out for offside narrowly, but looked a threat in the Brighton game.
1: Yeah, he looks a handful when he came on um against who is it they played before the break? Arsenal? Um I can't remember anymore. Uh when he came on for his debut, it was against Arsenal. He he looked a threat, he looks a handful and he will give defenders problems. Um something that we haven't really seen from United Striker in a while, who's a, someone who's a bit more physical and can really sort of dominate defenders. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think he's gonna come good, but it's just the problem is coming into that team at the moment where the whole vibe around the dressing room and the club just seems to be in the toilet it's hard to come in and hit the ground running, especially when you're coming back from injury as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. I think with your United assets, you've got to hold them for the next three. But then they just look terrible at the moment. They're not playing good football. They look a bit of a mess. Rashford's is the only person really trying to do anything. Bruno's just trying to make it all about, essentially, the Bruno Fernandes show, these star-studded VIP passes that just aren't coming off at the moment. So... I think they're a hold, they're not a buy, and I'm not rushing to bring any United players in.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And especially as we're getting towards that sort of wild card window now, um, you've got the easy out when their fixtures get a little bit trickier in a few weeks' time.
0: Yeah, so as we're speaking about the wild card window, this is something I think we should address today. When is a good time to wild card? Because We've been speaking about that game week eight, game week nine kind of time. I know a lot of people have wildcarded carded this week, for instance. So for you, when you're looking at this, what's your criteria for wild carding?
1: It's so sort of dependent on your team and your situation. Um, you do tend to get periods in the season when fixtures sort of turn for two or three clubs at the same time. So that's always a good idea to look out for and sort of make your transfers around that. Uh, obviously, if you've got injuries, or you just people aren't playing, or you think there's better options out there, I think if you want, if you like, want to change four or five members of your squad on any given week, really, it's worth considering from basically any point now until that window closes at the first half of the season. Um, sometimes I think it's better to do it earlier than trying to wait off because then you can sometimes miss the boat by trying to hold on a little bit too long. Um, So that's why I'm thinking probably sort of game after game week eight, heading into game week nine, when there's some trickier fixtures out there.
0: Yeah. I think if you want to just re change up your squads or if there's loads of injuries, that's probably when you want to do it. So for me, I'm actually looking a little bit later um, because I've had Mo Salah from the start and Liverpool's run, is starting to turn around and starting to look very good. So I think Mo Salah is a key reason that anyone would want a wildcard right now. He's returned in 11 of the last game weeks. He's looking very consistent. Liverpool are winning every game, scoring lots of goals. I think Mo Salah is justification for wildcarding and changing your squad around. Or if you're wanting to wildcard, you just essentially need to do it when you've got loads of injuries. So if you've got, say, uh, Wamba Saka or someone like that as your third defender, if you've got an Amazon Royale sitting on your bench coming on with one point every week, if you've got Chilwell, Rhys James, a Stupignan, if you've got four or five injuries or want to really restructure your team or attack a really good set of fixtures, that's when to wild card. My thinkings this season in terms of timing are possibly around that game week eight, game week nine, or even looking further ahead around game week 12, I think looks like a really good point to wildcard because that's when Arsenal's fixtures get good again. That's when, okay, cities start to get good again from there. So I think that's probably when I'll be looking to use my wildcard and start attacking fixtures more thoroughly.
1: Yeah, I think sort of into nine for me, um, the Liverpool fixtures, like two of the next, uh, it depends what, how you want to classify a West Ham game at the moment. Um, because, I mean, for we we put in a good showing against City at the weekend, obviously took the lead, uh, but it is hard to, to keep a side like that out um, for a full 90 minutes. But Liverpool's next three are Unite, uh, West Ham at home, Spurs away and Brighton away, which are three Potentially trickier fixtures in the grand scheme of things. But then after that, heading into nine, it's Everton at home, Forest at home, Luton away. So that's when I think the wild card Salah coming in for me um, really makes the most sense. Also at that sort of time, that's after Arsenal play City, uh, which is obviously a very tricky one. So if I could sort of move Arsenal assets away until then and then wildcard them back in. Spurs fixtures from then on as well also look very good. So, yeah, it's. I just feel that like that is the perfect time for me with my squad as it is at the moment.
0: When you do your squad, because you have been Mr. No-Salah for a little while, what would be your thoughts on bringing in the Egyptian King?
1: Uh, as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff in the next three weeks or get injured or something like that, uh, I think it may, it's a no-brainer for that run of fixtures. Uh, and I think I'll definitely be looking to bring him in.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. Um, If it was just one fixture, then you shouldn't be taking hits or doing anything ridiculous. So I know a lot of people were taking hits to bring in Son or Madison for the one fixture against Sheffield United. Neither of them did anything, and now the next two are like Arsenal and City. So just if it's a run of games, it's justified. If it's just one, it's not. So for Salah, looking at that run of games, I think it's justified taking a hit or even doing a wild card to bring him in.
1: Yeah and another one is West Ham's fixtures after go make nine load up on West Ham players because we're massive uh, I Jared won't be Bowen doing that time. although I could I could I could be swayed by Jared Bowen um but yeah or maybe even James Ward-Prowse the set piece king oh, James Ward-Prowse
0: what's what's got into that guy it's so good seeing him playing in an actual good team I think that's that's where he's really picked up because he's playing in an actual good team and because of that he's starting to really shine
1: yeah, it's 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 lovely to see. It's refreshing that he's getting goals from open play and not just free kicks. And obviously, his, his set piece delivery is always going to cause teams problems. Um, so yeah, it's things are looking relatively good for West Ham at the moment. Uh, a couple of tricky games coming up, though. Obviously, a trip to Anfield this weekend on Sunday, um, and then Newcastle uh, a couple of weeks after that. Although Newcastle don't look as good as they were as they were last season. Um, feel like they're really underperforming at the moment. Required a penalty, a slightly controversial penalty to beat Brentford at the weekend. Uh, they're not blowing anyone away and obviously Champions League football starts for them this week. So going to be tricky. Yeah, New-
0: Newcastle's an interesting one. Botman with nine points, um, the standout. And actually, if you're looking between Botman and Shah, last season Shaw was a better choice, which is why he's 5 million in FPL this year. But this season, Botman per 90 is taking more shots in the box. He's getting on the end of more set pieces. I think he's probably the better pick of the two. So I will probably be looking to bring in Sven Bottman for this week, um, just based on the fixtures and based on the fact that he's, despite Champions League football, the most likely to be starting.
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right. It's um, I just don't think... <sighs> It seems strange to say. So. I just don't think you can bank on any Newcastle assets at the moment. Um, Isaac obviously had the very good start to the season, sort of falling away off that and didn't get a start. Um, at the weekend, Anthony Gordon, like they made a, they made like a, five changes, I think, to their starting 11 from their game prior to the international break. So that's a lot of rotation going on, and it's probably only going to get worse now that European football's starting.
0: Yeah, I. I really struggle with Newcastle
1: but the fixtures are so good. That's the that's the problem isn't it. So good uh, but I don't think you can really bank on it.
0: Can can we back Callum Wilson?
1: That the problem is now probably one of them is going to play Champions League and one of them is going to play Premier League. So it's it's wait and see what they do for the first Champions League game this week and then the following Premier League game at the weekend and hopefully you can sort of get the gist of it from that.
0: Yeah. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Um, looking at other areas then, what do we now know that we didn't know before? And what, what's your kind of thinking and strategy based on the last few games we've seen? So starting with Chelsea are rubbish, get out. Manchester United, you shouldn't be buying them. What teams do we think the opposite? And what where do we think we can look to improve
1: well i think the obvious is and like obviously people have got probably both city strikers at this point that just seems like a no-brainer at the moment um liverpool uh, similarly it's hard to go near their defense at the moment because i think it's uh is it three of your last five games you've conceded first and won? So, at this point, you might as well just score an own goal in the first five minutes and then actually start playing. Um, but at least you won a 12.30 kick-off. First time you didn't win any last season. So, yep. it's just an improvement.
0: Mm. I think with Liverpool, it's very interesting because no one's really keeping clean sheets. And in the last game, you had no Trent, no Van Dyke again. So, next game or next run of games, you're getting Van Dyke back in. So... I'm not as put off the Liverpool defence as I think you are at the moment. And I can see a world where I do get Trent Alexander-Arnold back in the future. You're just such a slut, aren't you? I just think for that run of fixtures, I think he could be a really, really good option.
1: Um, Not tempted by Robertson after his goal at the
0: weekend? No, not tempted at all. Because when Trent plays, Robertson stays a little bit further back. Um, What do you think of Tottenham?
1: Um it's a painful one for me because I hate Spurs, as obviously I have to as a West Ham fan. Um and therefore I should hate their manager, not only because he manages Spurs, but because he's Australian and as an English cricket supporter, I also have to hate hate all Australians. But I just can't help but like Postacoglu and Spurs at the moment, just for the way they're playing football. Um, it's just sort of a real feel-good vibe about the place at the moment. And obviously the drama from Saturday with a 98th minute and then like a 101st minute goal to come back and win the game. Um, Yeah, the only sort of disappointing thing, obviously from the Spurs standpoint this weekend is it was Rashadison that was involved in both goals when everyone transferred him out this week. But I don't know, you Again, like the defense seems a little bit like the defenders just aren't keeping clean sheets at the moment across the board. So it's hard to, to to know where you really stand. And then attacking wise, they seem to be spreading the points about Madison's the only one that's been consistently returning until I brought him in.
0: Are we all just getting too? Did everyone just get too overexcited about Tottenham the same way we did at the start of last season? Scraped to a win against Sheffield United. Next two games are very tough games. I can't help but have this feeling that everyone's just got really overexcited, and actually they're about to do the classic Tottenham thing of just letting all left hands down.
1: <laughs> uh, harsh, but I mean, you never know. You never know. Um, if you're going on previous history, then you're probably right. But maybe this is a, a new dawn finally. Um, like, all you can do is watch this space. Like you say, those next two fixtures are hard, and we'll learn a lot about them out of these next two fixtures, a North London derby and then Liverpool. So that is going to be tricky. If they can get sort of – I would say if they got two points out of those two games, that's that's an all right result. If you don't lose and you remain unbeaten after those two games, fair play. Um, if you get four points, you're probably over the moon. And then it's Luton, Fulham, Palace. Like It's back to a nice run of fixtures. So I can see a world where they're like – not necessarily challenging City for the title because not many teams do do that. But given their start, I'd be shocked if they don't get Champions League football at the end of the season.
0: Do you think they'll get Champions League football?
1: If I don't, I don't see any reason that they can't.
0: I'm not sure they will. I think,
1: I think the current top four will be the top four at the end of the season. So reminds
0: us what the current
1: top four is. So
0: City, then Liverpool, Tottenham and Arsenal.
1: Uh it's, well, Spurs are above you on goal difference, but actually on goal scored. Um, But yeah, so City, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal. Not necessarily in that order, but I think that will probably be the top four.
0: I think Spurs drop out. But who
1: goes in? It ain't Chelsea. It ain't United.
0: You never know. I think United could pull it out. They always seem to go on a little run halfway through the season. And remember how they started last year. They still made up.
1: All right, then it's going to be West Ham.
0: I wouldn't mind Brighton. Brighton getting top yeah. four. Getting
1: Brighton. So it's a year ago today that Deserby took over as Brighton manager, and in that time, I think they they showed the stats on match of the day this week after they obliterated United. They are second for possession in the league behind City. They are. First for shots, first for shot on target, second for expected goals, second or third for goals scored, third for points picked up in that time. What a job he's done.
0: Yeah, he's been exceptional and his style of football was so different to Graham Potter's, but so much more enjoyable. Um, And Brighton look just really, really good. So I don't think they'll get top four. I think the European football will just deplete them. But yeah, they're... They're a good shout, as good a shout as anyone at the moment, and I think as good a shout as Spurs. Um, looking ahead then for the next week, how do you think you'll be lining up, and what are you, what are you thinking when it comes to looking to change your team up in preparation for that World Cup?
1: Yeah, so. I there's two players in my team at the moment that I think I want to get rid of sorry in my squad that's Ben Chilwell and Luis Diaz Um, Chilwell for the obvious reason and Diaz just not really getting the minutes at the moment Um, so it seems like an easy swap out for me right now it's whether I do those both this week or if I hold off because I'm going to be wild card in a couple of weeks anyway, is it really worth taking a hit at this point? So that's the sort of dilemma I have at the moment. Um, everyone else, so across the rest of my squad, Ariola will be staying in goal for me now, regardless. Um, even though a tricky fixture this week, save points might come into account. Stupinon, I'm assuming, is going to be back into that side. It, to me, it seemed it was a late trip back from international duty. Um, the only other thing I might want to do is ditch one of the Arsenal defenders.
0: Which makes sense because Arsenal's run of games doesn't look particularly strong. Um, I would say Luis Diaz had the international trip as well. So same as the Estoupignon, that's likely why he didn't play this week. I think he is in Klopp's starting 11. But he's always the first one to be subbed.
1: Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's you, You're never really probably going to get more than 70 minutes out of him.
0: Yeah, so I think with Luis Diaz, you're probably right in saying he can probably move on. Um, Also, I mean, looking at my team, I think I'm going to move Sterling to Mbemo. I'm finally going to make that change and get Mbemo in. That Everton at home game looks so, so tasty. And the upcoming fixtures ahead look just, they still somehow look really, really good for Brentford. So they've got Everton at home, Forest away, their Manu away, which is not a red fixture. Then Burnley home, Chelsea away, West Ham at home before game week 12, they face Liverpool away. And that's probably when I want to be pressing that big red wildcard button. So I think for the moment, yeah, Brian Mbemo, selling to Mbemo feels really, really obvious for me. And then the other one I'm going to be looking at doing is finally moving out Emerson Royale and bringing in Sven Botman. just because having a Newcastle defender for me makes sense. Royale isn't getting the minutes and it gives me a bit of squad depth. So if a player is rested like this week, I don't have one point coming off the bench. I'll have two to six. So for me, I'm happy to take the minus four to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Um, obviously, wait until after the Champions League fixtures, Thomas. Um, no rage transfers from you this week. Um <laughs> My question to you is regarding our joint team. Um, what's happening with Trent? Is what are the rumors with his fitness?
0: Um, so back in training, probably fine, was just a bit of a precaution leaving him out. It was a hamstring thing, but not a bad hamstring thing. So I am confident he's going to be back for next week.
1: Um, that is what I like to hear.
0: And he could be a really, really nice differential looking at the fixtures because Liverpool. Yeah, West Ham at home, Tottenham away, Brighton away, all tough fixtures, but Trent still performs well in the good games. The only one I'd be a bit worried about there is the Tottenham one, not the Tottenham one, sorry, the Brighton one. And after that, you've got Everton, Forest, Luton. That is a tasty run of games to be looking at. Well, in those three games, uh, two of them, City have Brighton and Man U. So you've got to be thinking about a seller captaincy for especially that, the Forest at home game.
1: Yeah, that is. I don't know. Would you? Would why would you not captain Haaland against Manu?
0: Ah, oh, that's a good point as well. And I was then looking at Luton away, but then City have got Bournemouth at home. So. Yeah,
1: so yeah, I think uh, you just yeah. can't do it, can you?
0: You absolutely cannot go anywhere but Harland uh, for that game. <laughs> Especially Bournemouth traveling all the way to Manchester against an inform heart. Oh God, no. Um So I think. Yeah, Salah provides an alternative captaincy option and so does Trent. So in the joint team, I think both of them are still really good ones to have.
1: Yeah, and Trent is only selected in 10% of teams, which is probably the lowest it's been for him in a long time. Mm.
0: And look, still does provide a lot of value. In the Aston Villa game, he was sensational. He was the best player on the pitch by far. So I think the only issue I would have with Trent from an FPL standpoint is he's often going to be providing the assist to the assist so he'll typically play the ball in behind for Salah to run onto. Salah will then put the ball in and then someone will get on the end about Jota Diaz Nunez what have you um, so that's the only slight concern with him but it's not enough of a concern to be moving him out
1: yeah I think you're probably right it's it is one of those it's a little bit of a not a risk but it's a lot of money invested in a player uh, a defensive player when we've already said that there aren't a lot of clean sheets coming at the moment. But that's why you make these risks. You take these gambles in FPL and hope for the best.
0: Exactly. Um, what's your thoughts on a potential move for Darwin Nunez when you wildcard?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm quite happy with my front three at the moment. That's the only thing with Pedro Alvarez and Haaland. Uh, I don't see a need to really change it especially yeah. for someone that is more of a rotation well, more of a rotation risk. Pedro's just as much of a rotation risk, but he's a lot cheaper.
0: So with KDB coming back, I can see myself moving Alvarez to Darwin at some point.
1: To be fair, Pep did say that Alvarez is almost undroppable at the moment, so he will definitely be dropped at the weekend.
0: Yeah, that's how it's <laughs> isn't it? So, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how that uh, plays out. As usual, guys, wait until after the Champions League and Europa League fixtures to make your transfers. Not like me last week, where I just rage transfer, but yeah, the, the price rises if you're doing Jackson to Alvarez are a consideration, though, if you're watching the budget. So just be aware of that and weigh it up against the risk of a potential injury.
1: And a very rare occasion this week. Where the deadline is one thirty on Saturday. There's no lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. Instead, you get a five thirty and an eight o'clock game on Saturday evening. A lovely Burnley v. Man United Saturday night fixture. That sounds like it's gonna be terrible. That does. I'm so gutted
0: I can't watch it though. No, that's that sounds like a lot of fun. Um but I may be up to watch some of the 3 o'clock games because they're at 7 a.m. here in Fran, So I could get up, watch them, then go for some breakfast, then head over to the airport. There's like, three great.
1: really good games to pick from. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I think... Oh, yeah. So Palace Fulham, Lucent Walls, or City Forest.
1: I mean, City there's only Forest. one winner there, isn't there? You're just City got to watch Ireland score Sun. a hat trick. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, we'll have to wait and see that. But then on the Sunday, it's uh, the North London Derby. You've got uh, the big at the back Derby as well, Liverpool West Ham. So they look like they could be fun games.
1: Yeah. It's annoying that it, the Liverpool West Ham game is the same time as the Arsenal Spurs game. Mm. Like, Liverpool West Ham would be. I would, if I was scheduling this, put Sheffield United v Newcastle. That doesn't need to be on TV. Make Arsenal v Spurs the 4.30, put Liverpool West Ham on TV as well.
0: Yeah, but you know, they don't care about what they schedule and when they show it, do they? So as proven last week when they had like Crystal Palace v Wolves instead of like Liverpool versus Aston Villa or something like that. Um, so we'll have to see otherwise though, everyone, uh, I know it's been a tough week on FPL. The templates completely flopped this week, but don't give up. It's template for a reason. These are the best players. Have the faith. I'm up to now about 300k in the world. Yeah, 339k. So I'm steadily going up and up and up. Whereabouts are you sitting at the moment?
1: Uh, green arrows this week, but currently at 2.2 million. Yeah. Um... Hopefully that will continue, that will go up further when the subs happen, uh, because I've got those points coming off the bench. So we will see where I end the week after tonight.
0: Yeah, you're not actually that far behind me at all, really, are you? I think we're... At this
1: point in the season, it's all really bunched, isn't it? You don't really, after sort of, probably looking at about 10 game weeks when it start the field starts to spread out a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, look. Good luck in the next week, everyone. We'll be back after next weekend to talk about all of the games that happened. But otherwise, you can find us on Twitter at Big At The Back.
1: Yep, I'm at Higgins ninety two. Tom is at Tom ninety two. As always, uh, please don't forget to like, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, follow on Spotify or any of your other podcast platforms. Um, we really do appreciate it. Cool. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a great week. Bye.